Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the VC Pranav podcast, a podcast that provides a unique perspective of the startup world through the lens of venture capitalists and entrepreneurs. I am your host Dikshay and today I have with me Karthik Venkateswaran, co-founder and CEO of Jumbotail, a wholesale and food grocery platform that provides full stack services for Kirana stores. Jumbotail aims to organize the food and grocery ecosystem in India using technology and data science. and has raised close to 35 million dollars in funding so far from a range of indian as well as international vc funds karthik is an alum of national defense academy and has served in the indian army for 10 years before going to stanford to pursue his mba karthik then worked as senior product manager in ebay us and director products in flipkart prior to starting jumbotail in today's episode he talks about his journey from serving in the indian army to founding his own startup the challenges of scaling a marketplace model hiring employees based on the company's core values advantage of going deep in one market before scaling to other geographies and what founders should particularly look for in their seed stage investors i had a great time talking to karthik and was inspired by his vision and approach to build a startup that can create large scale impact so without much ado let's jump in and listen to what karthik has to share hi karthik welcome to the vc prana podcast Very excited to have you on the show with us today. Thank you, Dikje. Thank you very much for this opportunity. No, it's it's our pleasure for sure. And uh, you know, maybe we can start with a quick introduction about yourself and tell us, you know, what's your background and what led you to start Jumbotail. So I started Jumbotail along with my co-founder Ashish uh, Jinnah. Um, you know, I would uh, introduce him very quickly since you know most of the time uh, we're going to be speaking about my views. Ashish is a farmer by profession, and he is an ex-IIT Delhi graduate. And then he worked in BCG for six years. Ashish and I met in our business school at Stanford. So we both co-founded Jumbotail in in late uh, 2015. While at BCG, Ashish worked uh, for you know very diverse projects. There were and about three years or the six years, he worked on streamlining public distribution system, the ration system for Indian government. So it was a World Food Program Commission project. then ashish was tasked as part of the project to find technology solutions to prevent leakages in the public distribution system so what uh, solutions that uh, his project and his team members uh, along with him came up with this biometric identification of people which today serves as the backbone for for aadhar system the first million biometric enrollments happened uh, as part of those those projects he is a professional farmer so before joining jumbotail he also ran his farms uh, in himachal pradesh and uh, he tried multiple ways to aggregate suppliers and farmers on the supply side this is important because both of us have uh, similar experiences in very very different uh, contexts and coming to con- similar conclusions and that you know made us join hands in solving this problem so that's about ashish uh, about me uh, so i dropped out of engineering i joined the indian army i graduated from national defense academy i went to indian military academy so after 4 years of training i went to infantry so i was in gorkha rifles served in multiple combat zones uh, including manipur uri and siachen glacier so all of these places maybe you would have heard uh, but i was physically deployed there you know seen a lot of difficult life and you know highly operational combat environments i was also you know posted in infantry school i was heading the sniper school i was I, i was training the snipers of the indian army so this is my background before business school so around somewhere around 2008 as i was contemplating a career after my army tenure i was always very motivated to solve very impactful very large problems so i measured myself 
by a very simple maxim one unit of my time how much uh, you know impact it can create so food is a very large problem uh, and i i practically saw multiple places where really food the entire value chain is totally inefficient it is fragmented on both sides demand and supply so in 2008 i conceived an idea to aggregate coconut farmers from my hometown so i come from a deep southern town called madurai and uh, aggregating them on a on a sms based platform technology was in there remember 2008 i hadn't heard about flipkart uh, they were just probably farming up somewhere and uh, i came to very simple conclusions early on this is such a large problem that you know you can't like simply connect two sides of the platform and through any technology media or interface and uh, sit and watch and you know see it take off so the fundamental insight was you have to build a minimum viable ecosystem to solve this problem not minimum viable product right so armed with that knowledge i thought you know it's too big so i went to stanford i applied for stanford divine intelligence from kashmir valley i went to silicon valley <laughs> yeah. uh, i got admitted that's when i met ashish and then subsequently you know i had a career in internet marketplaces uh, in ebay then subsequently in flipkart then i joined um, ashish uh, you know to solve this problem for jumbo tail right so tell us you know what are the broad problems that mom and pop kirana stores are facing today you know in today's context and how is jumbo tail actually solving for those problems so uh, india's 450 billion dollar food and grocery market is highly fragmented and unorganized Uh, about 10 to 12 million mom and pop stores control nearly 98% of the market and uh, these mom and pop stores are indispensable to consumers lives consumers frequent these stores two to three times a week for their grocery needs and majority of the grocery market is still flowing through what we call the general trade or in some places called traditional trade so these people these mom and pop stores have to deal with hundreds of traders and distributors for their sourcing relationships they find it very hard to get credit Uh, there is no technology whatsoever there is no way to discover what the prices are unless they actually visit the market uh, wholesale market that is located 50 100 kilometers away from them many cases and uh, they have to arrange their own transportation they are visiting a mandi and and buying their products and they have to uh, you know pay by cash most of the time because there is no credit in even in cases like unilever png the entire fmcg basket of a kirana store is about 40% the remaining 60% uh, is staples for which he has to procure from a mandi right so the 40% of the basket yes in in urban areas there is definitely you know higher levels of distribution but uh, they are reliant on you know physical sales people visiting them distributor salesmen choosing to serve them or not serve them there are multiple cases where distributor salesmen do not know even the shop exists or they don't come or if the salesman turns new salesman comes and there is a break in relationship so it's a very relationship driven offline universe it's not transparent prices are opaque offers that are available even if brand gives offers to retailers that are not you know transparent it is still reliant on some gentleman walking to the kirana stores and communicating to them as to what are the new launches what are the new products so this kind of system was okay when innovation was slow in cpg or fmcg industry today packaging technologies are improving production technologies are improving new new skus are coming up brands are innovating consumers are asking for more fmcg products processed foods how do you introduce at scale to mom and pop stores about new products prices promotions right fundamentals of marketing sales distribution then that is reliant on a very physical offline world 
which is not trackable, which is not observable, and there is no way to measure, monitor, and improve. So the Kirana store is on the other end of the spectrum, receiving another, you know, all these problems, and you know, he is either not getting service, or even when he's getting service, he is not aware of the prices or availability. All of this impacts his income, his own existence in the consumer's mindset, right? So if your shelf is not full, if it is not carrying the latest products, the consumer is also going to slowly choose other options that are available to him. So he's got an existential crisis. Right. So these problems are real. And initially, the approach was before we started Jumbotail, almost every ecosystem player said they were trying to replace them or they were trying to displace them. So we said this Kirana store ecosystem cannot be replaced or displaced. The fastest, most capital efficient way to modernize grocery retail in India is to empower these people. And we took a bet on the Kirana stores. If you look at the time in which we started our company, most dollars, investing dollars were going to B2C online or, you know, some dollars were going to connecting Kirana stores, hyper-local like growers, which didn't work at that point. They eventually had to move into an inventory model and dock store. Now. So we said, you know, the cost efficient method of, you know, scaling, transforming grocery retail in India at scale is to empower these Kirana stores. So. Our solution is to aggregate all of these mom and pop stores, thousands of them in a single platform, connect them with their supplier side ecosystem of brands, producers, farmers, and farmer producer organizations, and provide them with the full stack supply chain. It's end-to-end, it's in-house, jumbo tail uh, logistics, you know, built in-house, uh, including technology, processes, operations. Uh, we have fulfillment centers, we have distribution centers, we do last mile storefront delivery. And we have built the supply chain that addresses unique needs of this ecosystem. And then provide working capital access to these Kirana stores by connecting them to lending partners via our fintech platform. So Jumbotail Financial Services connects the lending partners to the mom and pop stores. By, by, by doing all of these things, we are solving the supply side problems of the uh, Kirana store. On the demand side, the Kirana stores are increasingly facing competition from direct B2C online players, modern trade outlets and they are also you know finding it very difficult to address the needs of the evolving mass market consumer they are increasingly looking for standardized experiences branded solutions and uh, the kirana stores are and also availability higher availability of product technology driven access to the store not just you know coming and picking up i would like to discover the store online or find the same kind of offers or merchandise that is available elsewhere they are increasingly looking at parity of experiences so that is when we uh, started building the solutions for the demand side problems of the Kirana stores. So our J24 program modernizes and uh, transforms a traditional Kirana store into a modern J24 store within 24 to 48 hours. So we provide our point of sale, we inventorize the whole inventory that is available in the Kirana store. And we provide in-store technology, inventory management solutions, AI-driven merchandising solutions. We provide labor services. And whatever the store wants to run, the owner wants to run, he's fully empowered through the technology and he can have a digital relationship with his consumers. They are omnichannel ready. These J24 stores are integrated with uh, Dunzo, Swiggy, uh, and they are also having their own portal called J24.store where you know, a consumer can go access the nearest J24.store and uh, order online. And the Kirana store will do the home delivery. So it's a full suite of solutions of technology, product, branding, labor, training, uh, we also provide through our Jumbo Tail, uh, we, what we are eventually going to turn out as a Jumbo Tail retail university. We are training 
staffs of the kirana stores and the owners on how to run a store the best practices so it's a full package to modernize their store so jumbo tail platform connects the uh, and solves the supply side problem the j24 solves the demand side problem so we are across the entire life cycle of a mom and pop store i mean that's amazing and it clearly shows that you're building this minimum viable ecosystem that you were alluding to earlier uh, where you've solved you know both the supply as well as the demand side and while it's so easy to listen to you know the solution that you've come up with i'm sure there are some you know very fundamental challenges when it comes to building a marketplace model like this you know whether you aggregate the supply first or solve for the demand first so you know what was your approach in overcoming these challenges to build a successful scalable model at jumbo tail uh, see uh, every marketplace so i am a marketplace veteran you may call i was in ebay us uh, right out of stanford then i was in flipkart i helped flipkart uh, you know build their marketplace but right from day one we are very clear that this is the demand aggregation so we are at least my experiences told me that if you have the demand on your side supply will come so there are some examples of marketplaces that are not retail related but you know where supply aggregation is important before demand can come but this this particular market demand has to be aggregated first initially when we started off those challenges were different than what it is today but uh, you know we placed some bets and they played out very well so those days there was no 3g it was 2g and we were betting on 4g to come windfall of jio was not even widely anticipated we were just hoping that some solution will come with smartphones becoming more affordable so the 4g and the uh, infrastructure solutions got solved gave us a lot of tailwinds but more importantly we realized that the chakrana stores basket has two parts distinct parts the staples and the fmcg goods so if you go to the fmcg brands they would tell you know why do i need you i already have a distribution network so that's a chicken chicken and egg problem yeah so the kirana stores will require the products and uh, these uh, cpg goods will not or you know they are they are less likely to partner with you we found a brilliant we stumbled upon and all credit goes to ashish and this goes back to our culture of we deeply listen to our customers actually we started off with the one of the cpg products within like two weeks the kirana store said look i am already getting this what i need is rice dal sugar spices where i have to go to the main mandi i don't know what the prices are i have to actually travel all the way only to discover and get exposed to prices then i have to arrange my own transportation why don't you deliver it to me so that market is extremely fragmented there is no brand whatsoever they are all very local brands sold via the mandi so we got the marketplace model kicking in and we quickly onboarded a number of traders and uh, that market also has a problem right many people are not able to access that market between the mandi which is outside the city to the distributor retailer there were multiple intermediaries at least one or two intermediaries within the city so we created a platform that quickly gave access to all the products that they would otherwise have to require to go to mandi so this led to very rapid adoption of the platform we are probably the only b2b platform we have no sales force and we have no customer our customer acquisition cost is less than like say 50 rupees or i think probably 100 rupees a customer that also like somebody is calling calling and trying to activate themselves you ask them for some photograph and to establish that they are a retailer or some documents so the cost of that particular call is all it takes for us to onboard somebody otherwise it's all very inbound right so we don't have a sales force so how that happened because uh, now the retailer doesn't have to travel 50 kilometers the easiest adoption was at least knew the price and he was getting certain price update through whatsapp and all but they were not reliable because he doesn't nobody had any reason to share the right price because he can't even order on that price even if the price is good here he saw the price he could place an order and get a delivery 24 to 48 hours 
so the the adoption was quite viral referrals happened very quickly and kiranath referred and quickly we reached the critical mass of say 10000 retailers in the city now the same kiranath store said look you know my distributor is not serving me well many cases is not reaching to me why don't you i also want some top selling skus of fmcg products so then we onboarded certain fmcg products and the brands are already talking to us that because we have a network of 10000 stores many brands don't have that much of coverage in in, in bangalore city today and then the pitch to the brand was very clear like look i can access i can actually cover uh, the gaps what your distribution system is doing today and anyways you are going once in 7 days once in 10 days there could be demand and predictability or demand uncertainty in between uh, and those things you can anyways address and even till date we have been coexisting with all the channels without disrupting you know or you know unduly creating price pressures on anybody because we have quite literally offered value and captured that value from the retailer correct so uh, all the brands love us we have terms of trade with all the brands and we have solved certain very critical solutions to the kirana stores that even a distribution system cannot solve which is data so now brands when they come to us they are able to access and target the retailers in a way that they cannot otherwise target in the offline channel so they can say i want to run a scheme for pushing my products into this this set of stores who have these attributes who have purchased other products but not my product like that they can target in an anonymous way and then they can only give offers and you can run the scheme selectively so that they can actually spot areas of not coverage and they can actually marry the data that they are generating in their own systems their own sales people and then say that area is not doing well let's go through jumbo tail in a cost effective manner let's market merchandise so these capabilities offer even more stickiness for the brand so the now the brand started engaging with us even more so this is how we overcome the challenges i think it's amazing because you know having that demand on your side which is the retail stores and the mom and pop stores and listening to those customers first of all uh, you know help you come up with that product in first place and once you had that demand you started adding value to the supply side through that demand that you've already aggregated they in turn you know saw that value in your tech platform that you built uh, which kind of solved for that chicken and egg problem that you started with you know nicely like like you said you know it's become almost word of mouth you don't need a sales force kudos to you the way you approach this see part of the thing about sales force is because i came from deeply consumer brands ebay and you know, hundreds of millions of users so sales was never even a idea that i could entertain in my mind so always as thinking technology scale and these people were all you know they are businesses but they are consumers in every other aspect of their interactions and uh, life right they are individual mom and pop people so it was possible to build something for them and have this kind of an option but we took certain very very hard calls and bold bets that we will not try to do you know things that will eventually destroy the consumer behavior we really wanted that guy to adopt digital even at the cost of growth very interesting so karthik understand that you know the fundamental challenges of building up marketplace model was solved you know with the approach that you just mentioned uh, when it comes to scaling this model uh, there are some important factors that you know come into picture and one of them is hiring a good team and hiring a good team is you know not just critical to scale the business but also critical factors which defines whether you will be a successful startup or not so tell us what was your approach when it came to you know hiring a good team and how did you ensure that you know your employees are driven and aligned to achieve the vision of the company that you had in mind so if there is one thing that i always insisted in my team you know the only input that we can actually control in our lives of building the startup is the people that we hire because everything else is an output and an outcome correct 
therefore extraordinary amounts of uh, you know energy and focus went on hiring the right people so the first thing we did in our company as soon as we formed uh, the company we enunciated our core values so we have 15 core values we started off enunciating those ones and what is important to us and um, we went uh, broader because we also realized that for every every value there is a yin and yang you know so therefore you know we said okay we'll take all the things that is important to us and define them we will evaluate everybody we will hire retain and promote people who adhere to our value system or aligned to our value system so first thing is the whole evaluation process is heavily biased on values so every interviewer is given the values to assess a guide to assess the values and our assessment system inside our company we do not till date have a target based appraisal system so we have a values based appraisal system so how it works is every peer writes about four others how well the other person has embodied the core values the three core values that the other person has embodied with clear examples and narratives and three examples for for each across the entire appraisal period and what are the three core values that the person could have done better and based on their experience working with the peer will this person recommend jumbo tail to other of his network and colleagues so it's a peer and peers and 80% of our assessment is peer and peers 20% has manager rating so it's a very peer based system built for hiring retaining and promoting people with the value systems that we define so we always look for that the second important criteria we said is a person who irrespective of whichever function that he comes we have to hire people who are willing to go on the ground so going on the ground and uh, acting like method actors is an important criteria for us so you have to live the life of a kirana store in order to understand you have to be there at 5 in the morning to know what is life looks like at 5 yeah why is he even opening jumbo tail right so we need to understand that for 90% of our roles there is a field visit where one of our experienced team members accompanies the kirana stores many of the cases for a certain level and above i personally go with this person and we see how he interacts with the customers what is the level of ease what kind of questions is his interest on the kirana stores life real or a fake so we really make sure that the people have comfort they are able to roll up their sleeves and paralingual communication tells us all yeah so we are able to identify the these two fundamentally differentiated you know hiring process we took this allowed us to get people who are very mission driven who align with our value systems and uh, that is the starting point and we gave chances to anybody and everybody who came from different diverse backgrounds but having the raw smarts uh, and having the ability to go on the ground and change the status quo yeah so we were able to you know attract the talent and uh, you know i think these are certain fundamental decisions we have made in our hiring that is probably very different from most other startups no oh, indeed and you know it's something which i am hearing for the first time and probably this speaks about the customer centric approach that you know shows in your products that you've built and it's you know clear that it's coming from the people and the way you've hired them who truly understand uh, the mission as well as your customer end to end so definitely unique in that respect so karthik the other thing i want to talk about is you know you've you started jumbo tail in 2015 16 and you've seen a lot many changes and major events along the way you know the likes of uh, the upi the demonetization uh, the gst rollout the geo movement and you know most recently the covid-19 situation so you know what do you think worked well which helped you navigate your company through all these uh, you know major events and 
how did you manage to stay agile and adaptive to these changes great i think you know see first thing is we are very fortunate to have seen all of these events right let's start from november 2016 which is the demon then this i think july 17 uh, is is gst subsequently geo around 18 and then now covid right and every single event has led to formalization and you know the entire ecosystem moving towards a much more organized way of doing business correct whether it is payments whether it is supply chain whether it is channel automation channel automation and integration to new channels or whether it is taxation and policies government you know making leaps and bounds progress gst now e invoicing have come so multiple things right every time something came people said no this is going to hurt trade right you know kirana stores are very cash driven people and they don't want to uh, adopt things no they adopted gst will come so people will you know not like to transact with the op- online platforms because now they will be in the tax net no they adopted our growth is you know here to see it's real now covid came uh, that helped everybody adopt all the channels that are available and you know will kirana stores use the app first question right will you have the ability to afford app jio came they adopted so therefore the whole market has become organized and they are going closer and closer the logarithmic curve of you know the infrastructure capabilities that are required the bar, the rails that are required for running an organized show at scale is already there you know that loop is complete everybody now understands the real uh, use of technology and new channels like b2b commerce or b2c commerce so we are very fortunate to be going through each one of them and being an active part in you know actually transforming adopting educating the ecosystem and uh, I, what i would say is we were at the right time there could have never been a better time to have started jumbo day <laughs> i can say that no for sure and you kind enough to you know mention that you probably had that right timing and that helped in terms of you know the tailwinds to achieve the scale that you have in the last 5 years but at the same time you know you need to be agile and you need to be in a position to act fast so what do you think you know you did right to be able to go through all these changes and still be be favorable to your customers and keep scaling at the pace you were so first thing i think we did right is focus we were never distracted no we never lost our ground so we chose our better ground one market go deep solve for entire value chain we we said even though our, we are, our starting point is connecting if you look at the first example that i narrated we we connected the retailers to the large traders in the in the yard right that is how we started our business but then you know connecting all the brands and going to terms of trade now we have you know j24 stores on the kirana side branding connecting kirana to end consumer now we have private labels we are not only helping other brands launch their own labels but in many cases where we don't even find a brand we launch our private labels so the entire value chain we decided to go in a one single market that is very deep so bangalore is 3 4 billion dollar market so we said we're going to focus that's one thing we did very right when a world views you with oh how many cities are you present that is the uh, that is the growth you know we didn't view our ourselves there and remember my thinkings have been shaped by what i have seen in flipkart flipkart when i joined the company was around 2 2.5 billion valuation and i left it was 16 billion valuation i have seen the entire hockey stick curve rapid growth right but i have also seen the cost of that growth and i was very convinced that it is unsustainable and in in b2b businesses where margins are thin thinner than consumer businesses you can't afford and also you can't buy your way and get your customer therefore you have to have a fundamental different strategy of you know taking small amounts of capital focusing on one region solving it very very deeply and um, continue to provide values second is if your profitability is your goal then the only way to achieve profitability in a supply chain business is density if you have 10000 customers spread across 20 cities you're going to be burning fixed cost across all these 20 cities and you're never going to be profitable if you have same 10000 customers in 
like say one city and you know good number of them are purchasing every single day then you are able to even offer better services wherein a customer is just buying for 100 rupees today tomorrow you'll buy for 10000 but same guy today just wants to buy for 100 rupees you are able to offer that service because truck ko jai raha hai yep so now you are able to not only ex- exceed his expectations on the service levels but also you are able to do that profitably so i think this is something that we did right and uh, i would say keeping your faith in the strategy that you took despite whatever the world said so once you start taking this profitability approach the world is going to bombard you they're going to probably write you off at some point in time boss ye log scale nahi ho rahe they're not able to raise funds this that but you know right you are on a daily basis executing a strategy and the jury is not out yet right so today we know that today profitability is the right way to build businesses the gone are those days where you can prove money and you know scale absolutely so therefore you know a day will come cycles you know these cycles keep going up and down and we realize and i have seen these cycles go up and down so therefore keeping that faith in the strategy we took and continuing to invest behind that strategy uh, without wavering so because you know one day you can't wake up and say i want scale second day you can't wake up and say i want profits right you have to focus and finally i would say you know the technology emphasis we are all technologists who came to solve a problem right we didn't know much about wholesale or food or whatever and we applied technology in every which way and that paid us handsomely the choice of technology that we made or how we even built our organization with technological dna even the entry level supply chain people many of them are empowered to directly do sql queries and fetch data and execute inside warehouses that is the level of democratization of data we have made and we have we have been training even entry level their contract workers and you know we are able to provide them with the data that is required for them to you know pick and pack their items today we have built a full footprint of the best in class technology across every part of our business and uh, we were able to do all of these things because we were not distracted we were focused i think it clearly shows you know the focus and conviction in the strategy i i want to shift gears here and talk more about your fundraising journey and just touching on the point that you brought up previously right the size of the market that you were going after right it would have been easier for you to just acquire market share by growing broad uh, burning cash instead of uh, adopting a capital efficient approach and running an op- operationally profitable company uh, so tell us you know what was the point that you thought about institutional fundraising and especially with no prior experience of fundraising before this what are the key challenges that you faced when you approached institutional investors i think the probably the lesser known story uh, here is we raised our 2 million dollars of seed fund 3 months before the company was incorporated in only one discussion that we had and that got closed uh, so we we raised 2 million from nexus you know, it was a meeting of minds they are till date our best partners in this journey helping us through every ups and downs of the company and uh, we had a great interaction they invested in the entrepreneurs obviously at that point in time uh, i think the company name had just got formed so that is the seed round and at every level we have added you know great uh, investors to our journey and initial days i didn't have much problems at all from uh, fundraising at a seed round i think people invest in entrepreneurs idea vision uh, mission how connected and a very strong co-founding team uh, ashish and i knew each other for over at that point in time probably about 6 years and we are classmates from business school we came from very unique backgrounds and it is not necessarily that you know we came from pedigree i have no pedigree other than the college i went to but more importantly like i think what i believe and ashish and i was able to offer is our deep connection uh, to the problem statement having demonstrated that we have been at this problem since 2008 choosing a career in more places 
specializing in understanding how to build marketplaces making very specific career choices when i came to india i chose flipkart you know those kind of things gave much confidence i think that's what i would think that you know worked our, our way got it so basically nexus took a bet on you you know even before you started executing and i'm sure like you said the deep understanding of that problem statement helped you you know do that in the first place if you look at ashish right i'll i'll tell you ashish was actually running a farm for like about one and a half years before he joined me with jambotel idea he was actually on the ground spending that one and a half years trying to aggregate the farmers his own supply side trying to build cooperatives trying to build cold chain so he has seen it all like the mistakes that a typical seed fund guy will raise money and go and explore the market have already been done like you know that much of time has already been spent right so the idea is refined we know okay this is what not to do and we had the courage to build it you know i could we could demonstrate that we had the capability to build it i remember the question that i think one of the partners asked me what would you do if this fails and my answer was instinctive we'll do it again so we are building for the fundamental tools right for 400 billion dollar market is it going to shrink no it's only going to grow kirana market is not going to die yeah right if you if you believe in these two then modernizing somebody got to figure out how to modernize it yeah i think that's a great you know insight into what a founder should do the kind of groundwork and understanding of the problem that is required even before you you know start thinking about fundraising a follow up to that is you know what was a key criteria for you to decide you know which uh, vcs you wanted to approach or partner with along your journey see i'll tell you my key criteria uh, you know it wasn't too refined so i would look for you know investors who have seen ups and downs of a startup very very important right? because startups you know undergo ups and downs all the time and uh, ex entrepreneurs we are for- fortunate to have uh, these kind of you know almost all uh, people who have invested in our company are all you know ex entrepreneurs so these people already understand the cycles of uh, you know ups and downs they understand the execution driven businesses especially especially if your business is such that hard execution is required then uh, you would you would want partners you know or investors who understand uh, the cycles of these execution driven business so it, it is a very customized answer to what problem are you solving what kind of business landscape are you in how well they understand uh, these businesses so one more advice that i would give is it is not the fund it's the partner especially in large funds this is so true so uh, xyz fund has you know invested that's a great starting point but you know which partner is going to work with you what are his credentials and do a reference check on that partner uh, from other entrepreneurs you know, especially ability to support the dreams of the entrepreneurs right ability to provide the right advice all of these things are you know very very specific uh, to that partner so the fund is important but then the fund is important probably for like say fund size or corpus that is available but partner is more important than fund uh, so from my view i think you know finding someone that fits your needs what are your needs because there's no one size fits all answer to this question what are your needs are you execution driven business are you a software driven business are you a uh, you know pure tech or are you a tech plus operational so all of these things will require that kind of people to support you early stage investors especially should give you not just capital they should be able to help you in hiring they should be able to help you make those connections in you know strategic partners they should be able to introduce you to growth round investors they should have a trusted network of people who have co-invested together uh, who will at least take a conversation with you right it's very important yeah no i think this is very helpful and not just in terms of you know the criteria but also the expectations that a founder should have you know from from their investment partners uh you know with that kartik i want to you know segue into our final segment which is the rapid fire round i last some questions and hope to get your immediate thoughts on the same <laughs> yeah okay 
So first question, one thing that you'd like to change to improve the state of the Indian startup ecosystem? I would like to have more growth round investors. India has a very good seed and series A, and then India has a lot of, you know, late stage private equity investors, but India requires, especially for Bharat kind of problems, right? So you require, you know, investors who understand Indian ecosystem, Indian businesses who are bold enough to invest in entrepreneurs and provide them wings to cross that entire chasm of between a series A to, you know, late stage. So that is, uh, that is completely missing in this ecosystem. For example, we've been very fortunate, right? We came from backgrounds that allowed us to completely raise capital from across the world. So today I have investors from Australia all the way to Canada and their deep pockets. We were able to scale beyond and we were able to attract the very best. But there are several Indian entrepreneurs who don't have the uh, fortune of this kind of a network. So we need that ecosystem to help them solve big, hairy problems. No, I absolutely agree. And hopefully, you know, we are moving towards that direction gradually but surely uh, you know in the years to come next question if you had to give a ted talk what topic would you choose and why uh, uh increasingly what i believe is you know i have been using consciously subconsciously multiple things that i have learned from the military to run my business right i keep giving a lot of military examples so somewhere i feel that you know at the end of the day it's all common sense honestly but there is a way of you know relating to how uh, wars are strategized and tactics and strategy and is there a way to translate some of those timeless principles that are applied in military and, and planning for entrepreneurs to you know uh, be real wartime ceos right so how do we translate that knowledge or what are the things that i could share on some very basic uh, you know in a manner in which people can understand so connection between military and startups is something that i would try to see wow. I hope we get to hear that talk, you know, sometime soon. And it'll be really amazing to listen to some of the parallels that you've drawn from your army life, which, you know, helps you become a better founder today. Next question. People from the ecosystem that you look up to and that you admire. <laughs> it is very difficult to uh, pinpoint. It is a very hard question. I admire all entrepreneurs, first of all. They are small. I actively hire them. I talk to them. I understand. I also, you know, I would say, I say I very proudly serve I don't serve 25,000 Kirana stores. I serve 25,000 entrepreneurs. And those are the people that inspire me on a daily basis to do things, get up, go and change the world. Karthik, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. And before we sign off, any final thoughts for aspiring founders as well as current founders who are listening to this podcast? Constantly keep interacting with many employees, prospective employees who come to me. Mm -hmm. I ask them, where do you want to join? They say that I will, I want to run a startup myself someday. And I said, that day is today. Why someday? Like, is that idea not ready? Maybe the market is not ready. That's a good reason. Are you not skilled enough? Okay. I feel that majority of the people, you know, who will be listening have a great idea and any idea that you actually go and do adequate research. I'm pretty sure that somebody is already doing it. And maybe, you know, a couple of companies even got funded for it. So therefore, it is not too late for the idea unless it is like truly path-breaking idea. So start now. Take that bold step. That is what I would say. Yep. I think those are, you know, very helpful and inspiring words, Karthik. And, you know, this conversation will probably inspire a lot of founders to take on these, you know, big Bharat problems that we're talking about and give them that courage and conviction just like yourself and, you know, solve these problems at scale. We had a ball having you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking our time. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon again. Thank you very much, uh, Dick Jay. Thanks for giving me the opportunity and taking my views to 
help other people thank you very much thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the vc bruno podcast if you enjoyed this episode please let our guest know about it share your thoughts on social media and let them know what were your key takeaways we would truly appreciate if you could subscribe to our podcast on the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a review on apple itunes this will help others discover the podcast to get insights and to learn more about startups and venture capital you can follow us on twitter and instagram we will love to hear from you there you can find all episodes together on our website thevcpreneur.com we will be back again next week with another vcpreneur that is making a dent in the venture universe until then take care and keep shining